The Physician's Road. Create your life in medicine, on your own terms. Today, we are on the path of personal development. Today, we speak with Russell Gray with the Real Estate Guys radio show on why sales is an essential skill set that can enhance our personal, professional, and investing lives, and how you too can learn this important skill set through training. The Physician's Road is brought to you by Vernonville Asset Management. Vernonville Asset Management was created to help physicians build wealth and create income beyond Wall Street. Through our exclusive private investments, doctors can begin to free themselves from the burdensome regulations in healthcare by creating income streams independent of medicine. Go to IncomeBeyondWallStreet.com to get your free report, Wall Street's Biggest Lie. Again, go to IncomeBeyondWallStreet.com to get Wall Street's Biggest Lie and free your today. Welcome everyone to the Physicians Road podcast. I'm Dr. Eric Tate. Today we're on the path of personal development and I'm so happy to have one of my friends, mentors, business partners here with me. I can honestly say that this man's teaching has changed my life and I'm so happy to bring him to you because what he has taught me over the past few years has revolutionized what we've been doing. It's one of the reasons why the Physicians Road exists and many of you are out there who are looking to either make career transitions or are doing some side kind of gigs, as I like to say, sales is an essential skill. And this man, Russell Gray, um, really taught me that. And I've been fortunate enough to sit at his knee and I want to be able to allow you all to have that same opportunity. And so Russell Gray is the co-host of the Real Estate Guys radio show. I'm going to let him kind of introduce himself because he's got a very varied background. Um, So you can get a good sense of who he is and, and how he's helped to build uh, the company that is one of the top podcasts in the real estate space on iTunes. So, Russ, how are you doing today? Good, good. Very happy to be here. Excited, proud of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is the, this has been a journey, to, kind of in many ways together. So, I really, really appreciate what you and Robert have done uh, for me personally. And so, I want to really kind of introduce our audience to you guys as well. The nickel tour on me, just to keep brief, is uh, I, you you know, like a lot of young people, I, you know, 18 years old, trying to figure out what life was all about. I trudged off to college and made it through about seven weeks and couldn't stand it. And then I went and got a job at corporate America and lasted about six months and couldn't stand it. And after that, I started looking for something to do. And uh, just by dumb luck, I ended up uh, reaching out to my uncle who was in sales in Southern California. I was in Northern California in what was going to become Silicon Valley. It wasn't Silicon Valley yet. It was a sleepy little orchard town. And uh, he was in outside sales. And that was my first exposure to sales and the lifestyle of being outside and living on commission and not being judged by what I felt were artificial standards like the initials and Uh, degrees and all the things you had after your name, it was really just, you know, could you put points on the scoreboard? Could you get the job done? And that was really appealing to me. Uh, So I didn't know what I was doing. I learned uh, that part of sales by osmosis. And then uh, I ended up starting to make a little bit of money and starting to have some success. And then I went to work for a company. And uh, then we started a family and I started having bigger responsibilities. And I was very thankful that my income potential really was based on me and my own efforts but, and my skills. And what I realized is that some of the skills that I needed, I was lacking. And again, through dumb luck, I had a friend uh, hand me some Tom Hopkins, How to Master the Art of Selling tapes. And I started listening to them and I started realizing, wow, this is a learnable skill. This isn't an innate born ability or personality type. And I started becoming a student of the art, the profession of selling. 
And, uh, and then through my career, I ended up both in corporate sales and then financial sales. And so I learned to talk to both business to business and also business to consumer. And, uh, and then, of course, I got involved in real estate and the mortgage business and running a team and teaching them. And today, as you well know, Eric, I uh, coach along with my partner, Robert, uh, people who want to go out and raise money uh, to invest in real estate syndication. Perfect. That's a perfect synopsis uh, of kind of where you've been and, and how sales has basically propelled your career forward and allowed you to, the, the freedom to kind of chart your own path and chart your own course. And so we have primarily a physician and dentist and, and healthcare professional base uh, who listens to us. And so many of them are looking, as I said earlier, to transition. And they may not be trying to raise capital for a, even though quite a few of them actually are because they've got some entrepreneurial ventures. But let's take it to the step of, from a skill set standpoint, most of us who are going to the professional who have those degrees behind our name, we're not taught any of this stuff. And, and in many ways, kind of selling is, is in some ways frowned upon. And so why is it important for someone who, that they have this skill set if, if they're trying to transition out of kind of the professional world or looking to do something supplemental to that? Well, you know, there's a lot of ways to categorize people, but one of them is you can put them into two camps. Either you know how to generate revenue or you work for someone who does. And that's it. A doctor uh, typically is the product. It's a service provider. Uh, like a lot of service providers, could be lawyers, could be uh, real estate brokers, anybody that is in a profession where they're going to trade uh, their expertise and efforts in exchange for a paycheck. But to acquire a client, you have to be able to sell or you're going to work for somebody who does. Now, you can hire somebody to sell for you, and a lot of people do that. The problem is, is that um, you become dependent upon that person, and if they leave for whatever reason, you don't have the ability to generate revenue. And besides just generating revenue, if you really think about what life is, life is all about negotiation. It's all about making deals, whether you're going for that first job, that first date, whether you're trying to persuade your teenage kid to make better life choices, whether you're trying to convince your neighbor to keep his dog off your yard. I mean, you know, you go on and on and on and on and on, but every single day you're engaged in conversations where there's some persuasion involved. And if you know how to do it right, you can do it in such a way that it isn't confrontational. It isn't uncomfortable. It's two people exploring each other's needs, wants, desires, goals, and objectives and looking for that uh, common ground, that win-win where they can do a deal where they both feel good about the end result. That is a perfect synopsis. And so let's talk about some of the misconceptions that people have about, about sales. I know you like to talk about the, uh, in, in, in the seminar about kind of most people's perceptions of the used car salesperson. But what do you think out there in terms of your training over times are the biggest misconceptions uh, that people have about sales in general and, and learning the skill? Well, I think the number one thing is that salespeople think it's about them. And a lot of people pick that up and recognize that the salesperson is just trying to earn a paycheck. He doesn't care if you benefit. He doesn't even care what he has to say to get you to buy. Those are the, those are the amateurs. Those are the, uh, what I, you know, the slimy ones. Uh, I'd say the, the unethical ones because it's never, ever about you. It's always about bringing a solution to someone and then helping them understand their own need understand how the features of whatever it is you're selling meet that need, and then helping them overcome the natural inertia, the hesitancy to make a decision and actually make a commitment to take a step that's going to improve their lives. If you do it with that uh, 
approach, then what you're going to be doing is bringing value to people's lives and they're going to happily send you referrals, do repeat business, you build goodwill. Done properly, sales is a huge benefit to society. Done improperly, uh, it's, it's completely awkward and uncomfortable and detrimental. Great. And so I run into many physicians who have this reticence uh, about quote unquote selling. How do you help people get over that, that reticence? How do you get people to, to understand that what they're doing is an essential function and essential part of kind of living in the society that we live in? Yeah, two ways. One is first, as I just said, get out of your own head. It's not about you. It's about the other person. When your focus is on them, you're going to be fine. And the other thing is, if you're a doctor of all people, you should really understand what professional selling is. We say all the time in selling that diagnosis without uh, uh, prescription without diagnosis is malpractice. In other words, the entire process of being a physician, someone comes into you with pain and they don't really know what it is or what to do about it. And they're asking you to ask them questions and to do an analysis of their situation and then make a proper prescription uh, or diagnosis and then a proper prescription to what could help them uh, out of their problem. Well, that's what professional selling is. When I sit down with someone and I'm beginning to interview them and ask them questions about their situation and ask them to rate their current situation on a scale of one to 10, there's going to be several things that they're happy about that make it a four, five, a six, a seven, maybe even an eight. And then I'm going to say, well, what would it take to make it a 10? What's missing? What would make your life better? And if they tell me what that is, and I can either provide that for them or introduce them to someone who can, then I have a way to make their life better by prescribing for them, if you will, a solution. And when they choose to purchase that solution, they don't go to a pharmacy, they go to whatever vendor it is that is providing the product or service that's going to help them. That's a sale. That's making a sale. And so if a doctor can take that same mentality that they take in their professional practice and look at selling as a professional practice of analyzing needs and prescribing solutions, they're probably better suited than most to being able to be successful in selling. And so that's in many ways going to be a paradigm breaker for those who are listening. And so, yeah, we, we are very well naturally suited what I would like to say, appropriate selling um, from that standpoint, having gone through the process that you, that you take people through. And so you, I think you kind of answered this, but I want to know if you want to expound it all. Um, in terms of your philosophy around sales and teaching people sales, is there a specific kind of philosophy you have around that? Um, well, yeah. I mean, the first and most obvious one is it's not about you. It's always about the other person and adding value. Uh, the other thing is that it is a profession uh, it is something that is learnable and that you should develop your skills like you would in any other profession. I think that's important. Uh, coming back to the concept of being a doctor, um, one of the things I teach is a three-step process, and it's very simple. It's set the table, which means get in a position so that the person will open up to you. And then the next thing is touch the heart, which is begin to ask them questions and find out what they want and then dig a little deeper and find out why they want it. Because what's going to take to get them to move from whatever their current situation is to where they want to go is going to be emotion, not logic. You know, if someone comes into your office and they're morbidly obese and their health is in trouble, they've got a set of habits that is literally killing them. But if they don't change the way they think, if they don't get disturbed enough about the status quo to do the difficult things they have to do to change their habits, their 
outward appearance, their physical health is not going to change. So you have to touch the heart. You know, that wake up moment that somebody has when they have a heart attack, when they think they're never going to see their family again, or they'll never be able to walk again, or whatever it is. Those, those are those moments. So a salesperson, a professional salesperson is going to touch that heart and give the person the emotional strength to make the transition. And then once that happens, then you can explain to the mind with logic to rationalize why what the heart has already decided it wants to do to understand how to actually implement the solution. So it's a three-step process. Set the table, touch the heart, and engage the mind. Now, one of the challenges that I think that I've seen in the doctors that I've worked with, and you're not the only one that I have in terms of teaching sales, is, is doctors don't understand uh, that they have already achieved a high level of professional positioning. So you've got the white smock, you've got the MD after your name, you've got the stethoscope, you've got the big fancy degree and the frame holder on the desk, you know, and all of the trappings. When someone walks in, they're automatically deferential to you because you're a doctor. When a doctor makes a move into being a salesperson, they think they can come in and be a little bit more authoritative, a little issue directives a little bit more forcefully because they're a doctor. But they're, they're in a whole new world when they're selling something that isn't medicine. So they need to step back a little bit, in my opinion, and spend some time setting the table to get into a position of professional uh, credibility so that then when they reach in to start to ask those questions and to be able to probe those tender areas of somebody's life to ask, how can I help you? How can I make your life better? They will truly open up and tell you what their pain points are. And, and so I think that that's one area that doctors just have to be aware. But once you're aware of it, and you just take a little bit of time on the front end to set the table. You're just like anybody else. And then at that point, you can have that heart-to-heart -heart conversation and then that rational uh, explanation to the brain in terms of what this is, how it works, and how you, how you go from not having it to having it. Great. I think that is, is perfect, uh, perfectly aimed towards the, the group that's going to be listening to this uh, in that regard. And so what brought you to begin teaching sales and teaching people this process? What, what led you to, to, to doing that? Um, well, I mean, a couple of things. I, 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 you know, I'm an obsessive compulsive teacher. So if I feel like I, I have something that can help somebody, I feel compelled to share it with them. I try not to be overbearing about that, but you can tell you, you give me an opportunity to talk. I can go for a little bit. I, I, I try to make sure I have something intelligent to say. Uh, and so I see people struggle in their lives. And so when we started coaching uh, syndicator and uh, syndication students, and they were out there wanting to make deals and negotiate, uh, recruit team members, and uh, to be able to raise capital from private investors, I constantly found myself uh, trying to coach them up on selling. Now, I didn't set out to be a sales trainer. What I wanted to do was point people to third parties, but my background was really kind of an eclectic, very hard to replicate, unique set of life skills and training. And, and I would point people to pieces of it. But in our program, it's all about compressing time frame. So how can I take what I've picked up in 20, well, more than that, <laughs> probably closer to 40 years uh, of selling, how could I take that and cram it into something that people could learn in, in, in maybe, uh, you know, the bones of it in a two-day workshop and then, and then go from there to being able to really get up to a high professional level within a year or two of actual practice and engagement. Uh, and so th that's how it started. So we started this two-day camp, how to win funds and influence pe people. You've been through it many times and got it coming up again uh, at the end of June. And it's fun. It's fun because what we do in the class is I teach the technique. 
I model the technique, and then we break it down into components so people get a chance to learn one component at a time, and then they do role play and observation right at the table so that you actually begin to implement what you've learned right away. Uh, you know, you can imagine if you were to learn a foreign language and all you did was sit in a classroom and read a book or listen to a lecture versus when you get a chance to actually get into groups and talk. And of course, the real test is when you get to go to a foreign country and you get to speak that language for an extended period of time. And when you're learning sales, getting out in the real marketplace and putting those skills to the test in the real world is really how you cement the thing. Yeah, I will say, and I'm glad you talked about that because I was going to ask you that next, but you create a very experiential uh, environment within the seminar. And that's very different than a static um, many of us as physicians are used to CME, so we'll go we'll get a lecture um, in terms of our continuing continuing medical education. But your kind of continuing education is is an experiential process, and so in many ways it's a transformational process. So it's not it's not two D, it's not static, it's three even potentially four dimensional uh, in the way that you teach it, and and that's really why I wanted to to have you on and and, and to partner with you guys on this because. I'm just going to give my testimonial now um, so that everyone understands. I've gone through the syndication mentoring course with you all um, in many ways because I had physicians who wanted to invest with us. But once we got outside of the people that I knew and who knew me and we created an infrastructure, it was like, okay, well, how do we help other people in this process as well? And I was not able to, to crack that nut and was willing to say, okay, there's something missing here. Let me go and get trained on how to do this. And so going through this process uh, with you guys has completely transformed uh, our business on the investment side of things. And so I am a direct beneficiary uh, of, of your training. And anyone who knows me and why we created the Physicians Road is I'm really just opening my Rolodex to other physicians. I mean, all the things that I've experienced and done, I'm trying to, for those that need it, for those that are in that space, trying to give them that ability to compress those time frames for themselves as well. And again, I'm not going to go out and do the training because I'm busy doing this. And so I'd much rather point to you guys who are already doing it and I plug, plug, I wish you did it more than once, once a year, but it is, in any event, you were, you were busy as well. So, uh, and just kind of lastly, and then we can kind of go off on, on, a, on tangents from there is what didn't I ask you? What do you think that someone um, who is a, even if they're not a physician, if someone is transitioning out of, um, what they've historically been doing. What is it that I didn't ask you that you want to convey to anybody who may be listening? Um, gosh, I don't know. I, I mean, I think we, we covered a lot. I, I, I think that you just have to understand what's going on in the world right now. And, you know, we have had for nearly over 100 years an educational system that was built upon the industrial age model. And so you have factories and then people who are, uh, cogs and machinery that perform functions. And our educational system is designed to crank out people that need a function or a job to go do. And yet our world is becoming quite a bit more entrepreneurial. It's becoming the gig economy. And there is, we're having to compete with foreign labor. And there's just a lot of things going on in the economy that make entrepreneurship and sales, which is the fundamental skill of entrepreneurship, uh, an essential survival skill. It used to be in the old days, you'd go to work for a company when you were 22, 23 years old, and you'd work there till you were 65, retire with a gold watch and a pension, and that's all you had to do. 
But today, even people like doctors and lawyers and architects and engineers are probably going to have three or four careers. And the millennials today might have five or six or 10 careers in their lifetime. And the challenge is, is because we have an educational system that is rooted in a bygone age, we're cranking out work uh, job seekers and not job creators. And entrepreneurism and sales, again, the fundamental skill inside of entrepreneurism is about creating jobs. You know, there's a lot of talk about making America great again. You've probably heard a little bit about that. And, you know, it's great and politics is fine. And, you know, we can decide this guy's going to do it or that gal's going to do it or whatever the, you know, the, the, the people that run the machinery should do. But at the end of the day, if you want to make America great again, make the world great again, it starts right here. It starts right here with you. It starts with changing your mindset and adapting to the environment that we're in, not complaining about it, but using it because the flip side of every problem is an opportunity. That's sales mentality 101. For every problem, there's a solution. And when you can introduce a problem to a solution, you can make a sale. And so you don't even have to be the product or have a product or warehouse the product. You can broker, you can distribute, you can play matchmaker in whatever way and collect fees for doing that. So there's a lot of ways to build a business around selling. And so I think that if people will just understand that this is the age we're in, that entrepreneurism is the number one skill that you've got to have. And inside of that, sales is the foundational essential survival skills to being an entrepreneur. Accept it, dedicate yourself to learning it. And what you'll find out, as I found out, Eric, as you found out, as many, many people have found out, it's the ultimate key to financial freedom. You could plant me anywhere on earth where I can speak the language and I could quickly carve out a living for myself just matching people with problems with people with solutions. And so that's the essence of being in business. And so I feel very confident in my ability to make money in any economy, no matter what's going on, because I have a skill set. I don't need resources. I can bring those to myself with my sales skills. So I think that if people can just grasp that and understand that it's worth the time and investment, and you know what? Sales is a skill, and you do have to learn it, and you do have to practice it, and it can be frustrating, like learning how to walk or ride a bike. But you know, if you're a doctor, are you kidding me? The amount of time and effort and work and expense you've got to put in to get to a professional level, I mean, becoming a a highly paid salesperson, owning your own business. It doesn't, you know, and you don't have to work for somebody else, but but becoming successful in revenue generation and profit creation doesn't have to be a five-year program. You can be there in, you know, three months, six months, or maybe shorter. It just depends on how much time and effort you want to put into it. it it's freeing. It's financial freedom. It's the ultimate of financial freedom. Great. And that you, you touched on so many things right there and we've, we've actually got a little bit of time. So um, you talked about the cog in the machine and kind of the, the industrial age um, kind of school system and how we've been cranked out. And what a lot of physicians are feeling is that frustration right now because we feel like we are just the cog in the machine that essentially does not, cannot run without us, but we have no control over how it works. And so you have a lot of people who are trying to figure out how, if there's a jumping ship and kind of how to kind of control themselves within this process. You have a, a, a great saying about building kind of basically building a life that you can get paid to live. Right. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I, th I think a lot of people, you know, when they in, probably late in high school as they're contemplating college, they start thinking about, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? You know, what do you want to do for a living? Or when you meet people, what do you do for a living? 
Okay, well, I mean, that's a valid question. And so they go to school and they get trained to do something. They get a job skill. And then their ambition in life is to graduate uh, with that job skill and go out and look for a job. And so when, when you're a young person and you're graduating from college, you're trying to solve a problem. And the problem is, what can I do to make money? And you're sadly going to find the answer, which is get a job skill and go get a job. And then you get a paycheck. And then all of a sudden you get a, a car payment and then a house payment and then a spouse and then children. And then you're saving for retirement and braces and college and optometry and you, you, all the stuff, right? We all go through. And then you wake up one day and you realize, wow, I'm 35 years old. I'm 40 years old. I got another 20 or 30 years left to go. I don't know if I can hold my breath that long because I really didn't think about what this lifestyle was about. I just thought about what can I do to make money? So I challenge young people or anybody who wants to reinvent themselves to ask themselves a different question. It's a harder question to answer, but you can like the answer so much better. It's how do I want to live? And what can I build that will pay me to live that life? And so when you understand that, then it's about building things. If you read, you know, Robert Kiyosaki's book, I know you're a big fan and uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, chapter one, the rich don't work for money. They build things that pay them to own them. They don't focus on their income statement. They focus on their balance sheet and make it provide the income. They don't focus on earning a paycheck. They focus on building a business and ultimately working themselves out of a job so that the business just runs without them. So that's the essence of being an entrepreneur and an investor. And so uh, that to me is, is, is if, you can, if you can just understand that shift in mindset so that you spend that precious little life that you have. I mean, you know, I mean, I'll tell you, it goes way too fast, right? I mean, I don't even want to tell you how old I am, but I've been at this a while. And I just look up and I think to myself, wow, I wish I would have figured this stuff out when I was younger. But you know what? I'm never going to be younger than I am right now. And fortunately, as you well know, I've built a life that I love living that does pay me to live it. And it took a long time to get here. And if I can help anybody listening to this, compress time frames and figure out how to get there quicker, uh, I'd love to do that. And to me, there's, there's, there's a couple questions that, that I ask as clarifying questions. You know, when you first came into our program, Eric, first questions I asked you is, number one, if someone could make you God for a day, just one day, and you could only move one needle in the world, only one, what would it be and why? Because that kind of tells you what you really care about, what you're passionate about, what you would do for free if you could do it, because that's where you want to be. Number two is, is describe for me your perfect day. If you got up tomorrow and you could do anything you wanted to do, be with whoever you wanted to, be immersed in whatever subject matter you wanted to do, one caveat, you need to add value to the world. You can't take from the world. You have to exchange with the world. So in other words, you give to get. So if you understand those basic principles and really go to work on answering that question, then the next question, once you've got that figured out, is who do I need to become to live that life and build that life? And then that's what you go to work on. I think on that note, that is the perfect ending to this conversation because that's why I'm putting this in the personal development side of things. Um, I, I try to tell uh, people that the first step is working on yourself to become the person that deserves a life that you really want. And as, as Robert likes to say, deserve is of service. And so I think that's a perfect capstone. Anything else you want to add before we, before we end it? Because if not, I'm going to end it on that note and, and, and get folks um, into how to win funds and influence people. Well, I'll tell you what, if they want to send an email to Dr. Sales, Dr. Sales at realestateguysradio.com, then uh, 
I'll send them all the information they need about the sales training program and how they can get involved if they want to. Okay, perfect. That's great. And so I want to thank Russell Gray for, for spending some time with us on, uh, on this day off. Well, yeah, I guess it would be a holiday. I try to keep this as evergreen as possible um, for, for taking the time for spending this time with us and giving us his wisdom. Uh, I've been the beneficiary for his wisdom for over five years now. And as much as possible, I'm going to bring uh, he and Robert into the, the Physicians Road world um, as much as possible. And so again, it's how to win funds and influence people. And we're going to put this on our um, episode page. So the physiciansroad.com forward slash sales is where this episode will live. And also please go to iTunes um, or Stitcher or the podcast platform of your choice and give us a rating, please. Uh, The higher we we rate, the more people will see us, the more physicians will see us. Please forward this to your friends and colleagues. Also, you can join us on our Facebook group, The Physicians Road. Um, It's just search it on Facebook. And if you have any questions for me, just email me at feedback at thephysiciansroad.com. Again, feedback at thephysiciansroad.com. Again, I want to thank Russell Gray for being here today. We will see you next time on The Physicians Road, where you create your life in medicine on your own terms. Thanks, Russell. Thank you. The Physician's Road is brought to you by Vernonville Asset Management. Vernonville Asset Management was created to help physicians build wealth and create income beyond Wall Street. Through our exclusive private investments, doctors can begin to free themselves from the burdensome regulations in healthcare by creating income streams independent of medicine. Go to IncomeBeyondWallStreet.com to get your free report, Wall Street's Biggest Lie. Again, go to IncomeBeyondWallStreet.com to get Wall Street's Biggest Lie and free your today. Thank you for listening to The Physician's Road, where you create your life in medicine on your own terms. Please go to thephysiciansroad.com and sign up for your free guides and resources.